Welcomed once again by the X-Man. He is uh, an ex-attorney, an ex-felon, uh, an ex-radio talk show host. And uh, he, while he is currently married, he is also an ex-husband. Very, very pleased to welcome back to the program a guy that knows the law inside and out from both sides, Dom Crispino. Dom, thanks for getting up early on a Monday. Good morning, Frank. It's a pleasure to be with you. Dom, um, just to bring people up to date on your case, uh, the last time we spoke, uh, we mentioned, I I talked about how the fact that that you had been sentenced back in 2017 to up to 22 years in prison for stealing over a million dollars through some fraudulent real estate deals. You went to prison, you got that conviction vacated, and then there was some question about whether or not they were going to try you again and uh, whether it was going to be a new trial. You have some news on your case since the last time we spoke on air. What's the latest? Yeah, it's it's resolved. I mean, there's one more date that has to come. But, uh, I, uh, you know, if, if everything happens according to plan in May, uh, it's over. Wonderful. I'm, um, I'm a free man. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, we are happy to uh, see that. Best of luck. Now, somebody that uh, may not be so lucky is now ex-Congressman Jeff Fortenberry. He has resigned uh, after for lying to the FBI. Now, honestly, I have questions about whether this is something that should even be a crime. And uh, a lot of other, you know, generally progressive people used to agree with me on that subject until a lot of Trump people ended up getting arrested for that same crime. But uh, break us down. Break this case down for us. What exactly did the former Nebraska Republican congressman do and uh, what happened with his conviction? All right. It's very simple. He had a fundraiser in 2016 where uh, one contributor gave him $30,000. Um, he gets a, a phone call from this guy uh, two years later, right? Uh, the FBI uh, has this guy make a call. The guy in the interim got in trouble, and the FBI was having to make phone calls. And uh, allegedly, he makes a phone call to uh, Congressman Fortenberry, and um Tells him that the, the the money actually may be have been illegal. It was tainted. It might have come from a foreign source, because uh, they can't contribute to U.S. elections, uh, or and that it was uh, it was called together from different people and put on the one name, which you also can't do. So anyway, they have him make this call, and allegedly, they taped the call saying that he's he's telling Fortenberry that this happened. So, all right, that's fine. Um, almost two years later, the FBI makes an appointment with Fortenberry. They they, they want to come to his house. Uh, so agents, uh, we'll call them Fred and Barney, for lack of a better you know mm-hmm. uh, term, go to his house, sit down with him. Uh, I'm sure you can picture Mrs. Fortenberry giving him like lemonade, sure, right. uh, with some corn muffins. That's what they do in Nebraska. That's what they do in Nebraska. Yeah, with with cornbread, you know, cornbread with corn made in the district. 
the five Fortenberry girls, you know, walking around the house talking about the prom, the 4-H right. club, <laughs> and deal. you know, they sit down with they sit down with Jeff Fortenberry and they and they they ask him questions about, you know, this, that, the other thing, a whole bunch of different things. And it turns out he doesn't tell them that he knows about any of this stuff as per that phone call. Um, but the pretense was they didn't tell him they were coming to ask him about that. They tell him they were coming to ask him about a national security matter. Now, Fortenberry is a Boy Scout, Frank. You know, I'm not a Boy Scout. We know that, right? Clearly, Fortenberry is. He's got a degree. He's a devout Catholic. He's got a degree in divinity. Um, he was a former publishing executive. He made his money and then ran for Congress. He's been their representative in that district since two, beginning of 2005. So he thinks he's being helpful. All right, but apparently this is a setup. So fast forward, they go to see him in Washington again and ask him stuff. And he's doing this without counsel being present either. You know, they're kind of like, you know, they're, they're playing him. So it's all quiet. And then in, in the fall of 2021, they announced that they, they're going to indict him. And they indict him. And he asked for a quick trial because he's running for reelection, right? And he gets convicted last month in March. Um, basically they gave him, uh, it, the trial was, it was almost like a memory test. The FBI gave him, you know, you had a 10 minute phone call. And then two years later, they ask you, do, what do you remember? Um, interesting thing here is the defense put Mrs. Fortenberry on the stand as their only witness. And her testimony was the cell phone coverage in that house was terrible. And apparently it's very terrible in Nebraska too. I was out there in the cornfields. But so essentially the trial was a hearing test, a memory test, and a cell phone coverage test. So, I mean, I'm wondering what our FBI agents are up to. You know, so, what's, so what's this about? It sounds like, A, um, in terms of actual malintent and actual intent to break the law here, it sounds like he got a, a bit of a, a raw deal. And, B, it sounds like the FBI... Uh, I mean, maybe not legally, but when it comes to the spirit of the term, they look to entrap him. Yes, it looks like. I mean, they, the, the term entrap has a certain meaning to right. it. I said, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah, generically, yeah, in the spirit, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. But do, do you think? Um, do you think that Fortenberry has an opportunity to get this uh, get this case overturned? I, I think I think so, but the problem is in in the federal system. Uh, you know, it's hard. Let, let me say this, though. He didn't get tried in Nebraska. These agents were from California. The case was in California. I believe if you had put this case in front of a federal jury in Nebraska, they would they would have just said this doesn't fly. So I, I, I don't know if his attorneys challenged the venue of the case at the outset. I assume they did. He had an excellent attorney. That might be the issue where he gets overturned. Well, that's certainly going to be very interesting. I'll be watching uh, that case closely. But um, what is this about here? Is this the FBI just trying to get high-profile scalps? Yeah, uh, I don't think so. I think, first of all, you'll notice if you, if, if you, if you listen to the dates I brought up, what happened in between. There was a change in administration. Mm-hmm. This, thing, this thing, they set it up, and it was sitting out in the district office in, in, in California. So you think this was possibly partisan, that they went after him because yeah. he was a Republican? Absolutely, and a very staunch Republican, a quiet Republican. You don't hear about him, but he was, he was very well regarded. 
uh, conservative, but it'll be a, but but not not right. Not, not crazy, Marjorie crazy. Taylor yeah. Greene conservative, like a sensible kind of old school conservative. Yeah, a Main Street conservative from the middle of the country. I yeah. mean, like I said, the guys the guys a Boy Scout, uh, uh, and I I, I really I, I I I was following this case and I was taking it personally. I, I really was. I mean, uh, yeah, I could, it's, it's one thing to come after me, Frank, but you, you come after a Boy Scout like that. I mean, there's no hope for this. Yeah, for no, that's that's a real shame. So what kind of time is he facing here? Well, I mean, if you read the newspapers, they're saying he faces five years on each each of the counts and like three of them. But we, we know that's not the case. I mean, I don't know what the guy, the federal guideline on this. It probably would be like an 18 to 22 months. But I think it'd be a travesty if this guy spent a day. In, in jail, he resigned his seat. You know, because it, it, I mean, he could have faced consequences anyway from you know Nancy Pelosi and the gang over there. Uh, but he resigned the seat because he could he could lose the primary, he could lose the seat to the Democrats. Although that's not highly likely, not in that district. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he he's a guy who does the right thing. But I feel bad for him. Me too. You know, Me too. I guess the lesson for people listening, especially if they happen to be elected officials, and we have a number of elected officials that listen on a regular basis, is don't speak to the FBI at that being honest with them is going to help you. Make sure you have a lawyer present. Yes, they are not your friends. <laughs> and I mean, that, that, that idea of lying to the FBI being a crime, I mean, that's, I mean that, that was more, that's what Martha Stewart did her time for. It's not even the the securities violation. The fact know, is, yeah. they get very upset when you when they think you lied to them. Uh, well, that's know. what that's what General Flynn's case was was all about yeah. as well. I, I mean, you can go down the list. Roger Clemens went on trial for the same thing. I mean, it's just I think yeah. it's nuts. I think it's nuts. And you know what? Again, as I said, people on the left, including Justice Stevens, used to say the same thing. Uh, but now it's sort of a different world. All right. Speaking of politics, Dom, by the way, people just tuning in. We're talking with Dominic Crispino. Um, former radio talk show host, former attorney, uh, convicted felon, and uh, we are tapping into some of his legal knowledge. Also, one of our honorees at uh, New Year's Eve Eve uh, this past year. We hope he'll come back uh, this year as well. Uh, Dom, by the way, you're you're too smart to be on social media or anything. There's no Twitter or Facebook that I should be promoting for you, is there? No, no. But uh, you know, once once everything's cleared up next month, I mean, I I think I have to plan my comeback. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and you don't have to be afraid. I'm not after your slot, friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, Stay you, away from overnights. That's what, that's, yeah. that's what I tell everybody who's thinking of getting in radio. Uh, we don't need anybody messing up the mojo we got here. All right. Um, I want to ask you about these gerrymandering cases. Now, one of the things that Republicans and Democrats have in common is they are gerrymandering like crazy all over the country. In states where there's a Republican legislature, they're gerrymandering, trying to increase Republican congressional representation in states like New York and Maryland, where there's a Democratic legislature, they're trying to increase the number of Democratic members of Congress. And big article in the New York Times over the weekend, as both parties gerrymander furiously, state courts block the way. State judges have been throwing out congressional maps they call partisan gerrymanders in a sign of the effects of a 2019 Supreme Court ruling that pushed the issue below the federal level to the state courts. Uh, break the issue down for us, Dom. Do you think what these state courts is do are doing, especially here in New York, where they're throwing out these maps, do you think that's going to stand? And what lessons should legislators be learning when they try to do this again 10 years from now? 
That's a good question, Frank. This is this is in flux right now. Uh, the the fact the Supreme Court punted this back down to the states uh, in that decision in, in 2018 is um, is amazing, and and the fact that the uh, the courts, well, a lot of them are Democrat majority against Republicans and Republican majority against Democrats. I mean, you have you have weird things like um, the governor of, of Maryland, uh, you know, appointing Republicans to the court, but it's essentially a Democratic state. And, you know, it's the opposite, like in Michigan, you have a, a Democratic governor appointing Democrats to the Michigan Supreme Court, but the legislature is Republican. So you have these like little um, internecine battles going on. Um, how this standard is applied is anybody's guess. This is all new. Uh, I know you have the cases out of North Carolina where they the, the, the Supreme Court flipped it, flipped the Republican maps, uh, and then but again stuff in, in Maryland where it goes the other way. And in New York, we had one too. Uh, a judge upstate um, flipped it over, and that case is going up to the Fourth Department in the western part of the state, which is a strange place for this to, to be decided. Um, it's probably the lesser of the four appellate divisions, but you know, Hey, but anyway, we'll head up to the, above them to the court of appeals after that. Um, the, the New York case though is interesting. If we could just take a minute for that, New York passed a number of amendments, Mm. uh, in the last decade to the state constitution. And, you know, as you know, Frank, when we amend the state constitution, it's got to get approved by the voters in two consecutive elections in order to be a constitutional amendment. It's got to be passed by the legislature, and then we have to pass it in one session, and then two years later in another session. You know, those little things at the end of the ballot that nobody knows what they yeah. are. No, I voted for it uh, when it was on the ballot, yeah. absolutely. They were supposed to create a commission. They created this, like, procedure, all these different steps, and then the uh, the legislature goes out and skips all those steps and just – and and. And and the judge says, well, wait a minute, you can't do that. We well, well, the they didn't they didn't skip the stuff. I mean, there was an independent commission. But I mean, what's going to happen when you have a commission of five Democrats and five Republicans? Shockingly, they weren't able to come up with an agreement on the lines that they thought were were appropriate. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So your but prediction they, about what the Court of Appeals and the appellate division does in the New York case, for instance, do you think they throw out the maps? Uh, it's another that that's anybody's guess because our court of appeals is relatively new. Most of the appointees in that court have been put in the last three years. Right. We don't really know the track record. The only one on that court is the chief judge who's been around the longest, Janet DeFury. But you have you have uh, two judges who just got on that court, uh, two more who got on the court like this past year. Um, I, I mentioned earlier I, that I do wonder with six of the seven judges appointed by Andrew Cuomo – uh, is there uh, if they were to decide to push back the primary to August, does that uh, serve to uh, that? Does that inure to Andrew Cuomo's benefit, the person that appointed them? It's going to be very interesting. That's for sure. It is interesting. The, the one the one guy on that court who's my favorite is Judge Wilson, Rowan Wilson. Uh, it's a little it's a little arcane to talk about the Court of Appeals. Uh, but Rowan Wilson is has got to be the smart one of the smartest judges that I've really? ever read his opinions. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, you read his criminal justice opinions. The, the man, the man is sharp as a whip. Um, and uh, I'm I'm curious to see when this reaches up there if he if he comes out of the woodwork 
and like takes control of this and does something intellectually honest with it. Interesting. Well, yeah. I'll look forward to uh, seeing how he votes on this. Now, very quickly, Dom, almost out of time, but I have to get your take on this because this is actually something that might affect you. New York is debating something called Clean Slate Bill. And what this mm-hmm. would do, this legislation that's pending in Albany now, it would automatically seal conviction records for New Yorkers who meet certain standards and have already completed their criminal sentences. Evidently, according to an article I read in City in, in State, there's this is not just being pushed by progressive politicians. There's this growing coalition of businesses, chambers of commerce, labor unions and advocacy organizations all on the same page in yes. getting this sl- clean slate legislation passed in the upcoming budget, which could happen as soon as today. Give me your take on the legislation briefly, if you can explain what it is and then tell us why so many corporations are now back. Well, the, just the, the, uh, the, the simple uh, thumbnail on this is that it's, it's remediation. It gives you an opportunity after a certain amount of time, and that's one of the issues, the amount of time and the conditions, that to, to fix a mistake. Let's say you're, uh, you're, you're a young kid and you deal drugs when you're 18 and you do two years in prison. You, there's, there's no way to fix that ever again. Let's say you, you got a job, you, know, you had a family and whatever, and you can't progress in the economy because you have this, this conviction that's like a, an albatross around your neck. Mm. Uh, this would give an opportunity if you've like been a taxpayer for a certain amount of time, if you if you uh, completed certain programming, whatever it may be. And, and 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 what the statute ends up in New York, whatever it ends up being, we don't know because the the legislature could just like change that at the last second. Um, but it's it's a remediation thing. It allows you to to make yourself a full citizen again. Okay, and that's a great idea. It's a t- it's, it's something that's been needed for a long time. And I think the um, the business community uh, and, and a lot of conservative groups and progressive groups should be uh, commended for getting together and, and, and having input in this. Sure. Um, I mean, that's not surprising. No, I mean, it makes, little, makes sense little, to me. Uh, makes sense to me. We're definitely going to be exploring it in the coming days. And uh, Dom, we'll have you back soon. Maybe we'll do a panel of you and some of other our other favorite former attorneys. <laughs> Oh, boy, it's going to be like a match game. Exactly. Dom, <laughs> uh, thanks for joining me. All right, Frank. Take Dom, it easy. Thank you. Dom Crispino, 